We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Could not be more happy to announce Carter Hawkins as Cubs GM. Cubs general manager Carter Hawkins. I'm so honored to be in this room, to be joining such a historic franchise with such a passionate fan base. A Vanderbilt grad. Like every player that goes to college baseball, whether it's Vanderbilt or whether it's a, a D3, you know, they think they're going to be a professional baseball player. And I did until David Price walked through the doors. And so started to kind of go through the process of what I wanted to do in my career. And, you know, as I landed on baseball operations as a potential career. Carter Hawkins talking Chicago Cubs baseball is with Mully and Ha. There's people everywhere. And all I could hear was go Cubs go over and over and over and over on 670 the score mully and hall chicago sports radio 670 the score always a delight to talk to carter hawkins the cubs general manager and he joins us now as all guests do on the score hotline brought to you by circuit resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book carter good morning how are you Good morning. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, it's great to catch up with you, and I suppose we should start by, well, I, I want to get to the no-hitter, but I'm very curious about the new rules. And if, uh, you know, the game looks faster, it looks sharper, it's kind of the game we grew up watching. What do you think of the new rules? Are there any that you like more than others? Are there any that you're confused about? What uh, What's your takeaway? Yeah, I can definitely tell you my my biggest takeaway that my is that my wife is thrilled. It's uh, <laughs> it's an hour it's an hour and a half. I'm home earlier to help with the kids, so <laughs> she is uh, she is over the moon. But yeah, it it is definitely moved faster. The games have you know a better pace to them. Um, you know, there's just not that much dead time, and there's certainly been some adjustment you know from our guys in terms of just changing their pace of play and understanding some of the nuances of the rules. But I think you know a month or two from now it'll be a non-issue and our games will be a little bit quicker and hopefully a little bit better experience for our guys and for our fans. I think it'll be a non-issue to a lot of people, Carter, but I do wonder this. Some pitchers are going to be better at adjusting than others, and as you sort of measure that or evaluate that, as much as we are you know, kind of immersed in analytics already, does this create another category to measure? Do you, are you going to have some guys that you think, boy, you know, when, when that pitch clock goes under 10, he's really shaky – or is this going to be something you just kind of bake into the entire overall evaluation of a, of a pitcher? Yeah, I think you bring up a really good question. It's something we've, we've thought a lot about. You know, when you think about you know, these predictive models that all 30 teams have right now, they're only as good as the environment that they were built in. And if that environment changes, then those predictions aren't quite as good, obviously. And so our environment is certainly changing from – how our pitchers have to approach every bat, how our hitters have to approach every bat. And then obviously the defensive shift is a significant one where, you know, probably the value of a strikeout goes up and the value of a ground ball goes down. And so we're going to constantly have to think about those things as we think about, you know, predicting performance, you know, obviously describing performance over the course of the year will be easy, but predicting it will continue to be hard and just another opportunity for us, hopefully to be better than everybody else. 
Yeah, Carter, I mean, it's fairly apparent that you put the roster together with that in mind, that you thought about the rules and that you put together a roster that had, you know, a couple of shortstops, the the no-shift thing. It seems like you guys are as prepared as anyone if you start thinking about just uh, the middle of the field. Yeah, we, that's what we definitely tried to do, you know, and looked at our the pitchers that we have, you know, within our, our team right now. And they're obviously very, very successful pitchers with a really lengthy track record. But in terms of, you know, their bread and butter, it's not necessarily missing bats. And, you know, given that, we wanted to make sure that we provided as good of a defense as we possibly could up the middle, a second and short behind the plate, up the middle and center as well. And hopefully that helps offset some of the, the loss from a, of a shift and puts us in a position to prevent a lot of runs and win a lot of games. Carter, since coming over last year from the Yankees organization, Hayden Wisniewski's pretty much done everything right. And he was on it again last week against the Mariners. Strong outing for the first one for him. He's in the mix for the fifth starter spot. It, it, what do you? Which outcome are you rooting for if you, if you have a rooting interest at all? I know there's other guys that are in the mix there, but for, for his development, what's better for him, to be the fifth starter on the major league team or to go down and get some more seasoning at Iowa? Yeah, I wish I had to answer that question. I would say the, the answer that I want is it's whichever one helps the Cubs win the most this year and into the future. And that's kind of the balance that we'll have to think about is, you know, hey, if there's levers that we want to pull that we really only feel like he can pull down in AAA, then we'll send him down there. But if there's levers that he can pull up in the big leagues to help us win now and there's no real opportunity cost, like he's on our team. So I think those are the questions that we're going to be answering. Luckily, we have a lot of depth at starting pitcher right now. You know, knock on wood, that's – a thing to to be scared of saying as a general manager, certainly, just because you always have depth until you don't. Um, but at the same time, we have a lot of options there, a lot of guys competing, and you know, feel really good about that place. I'm curious when you know you see a guy go to the World Baseball Classic, and this thing starts tomorrow, and Marcus Stroman is going to pitch for Team Puerto Rico, I believe, um, and 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 Matt Mervis is on Team Israel. Is that does does that become like an added worry? Do you watch those games or do you watch them tentative? You know what I mean? Is like how how disturbing is it to see guys leave camp to go play in that uh, particular event? Yeah, I mean it's probably like you know a parent watching their kids go off to summer camp. You know, it's like <laughs> do you worry? It's like yeah, of course we worry. Like that's what we do. We're worrying all the time. Um, and when they're not right in front of us, you know, I think that's that's always disconcerting. But. It's a great, uh, a great tournament. You know, obviously a lot of you know energy and, and enthusiasm. You know, from the fan bases and from our players as well. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, just like we support our kids, we support the players to do that as well. And just seeing the pride that these guys have playing for their countries, and then you know, especially for a guy like Matt Mervis to go get you know real competitive at bats, you know, something that you know he's not going to be able to get at that level unless he's in the major leagues. Like that's a really good opportunity for him. So. All in all, it's a good thing. But, yeah, if you're asking if we're worried, of course we are. Um, we'll, be, we'll be watching all those games pretty closely. So, Carter, the Cubs are pretty aggressive this offseason. They spent over $300 million, brought in more free agents than any other team in baseball. And when you bring in veterans, I think you, you, you look on paper and it looks great. And then they get in the clubhouse and you learn things about them, how they mix, how they go about their business that may stand out. And I just wondered, it's early in spring training and they're still – you know, about three and a half weeks to go until opening day. But what stands out about the mix of veterans you've put together? Is there any one guy that has emerged or a couple whose personalities, you know, have have been what you expected or maybe what you didn't expect in a positive way? 
Um, you know, I think not surprised by it, but the thing that's really stood out and our coaches have talked about and our players that have been around for a little bit have talked about is just the, the level of professionalism, you know, amongst our players. You know, we have a lot of guys that have been there, done that, you know, a lot of World Series rings, a lot of major league service years, a lot of just experience around some of the best players in the world, and they know what it looks like when, uh, you know, when you're preparing for a season in the way that you need to prepare. And so, you know, there's just a lot of you know guys coming in, getting their work done, having a great attitude about it, helping the younger players to learn those things too. But you know, there's really not that much of a remedial class, you know, in our major league clubhouse right now. It's it's a lot of guys that are in graduate courses, and that makes it easy on our staff and makes it easier on us. And I'm certainly excited to see that come to fruition you know, once we get to the regular season. You know, obviously the the injury to Seiya Suzuki is is disconcerting, and and it's one. It's one of these things that you just want to be super careful about because it can linger. It can become a a season-long problem. How careful – I know it's a moderate strain of the oblique, but how careful do you have to be? And I I heard uh, Jed say that it would be almost a long shot, it sounded like. There's no time frame, but it might be a long shot for the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, the reality of it is, is you know, injuries in spring training have an interesting spin to them where everyone wants to get ready for opening day. Opening day is great. You know, the fanfare, just the, the pop of circumstance, it's a lot of really fun things to be a part of. And, you know, sometimes when you put a time frame that's around opening day, it can cause you to make some short-sighted decisions. But really, that's just, you know, it's a game, right? I guess one game that counts just as much as the other 161. And so... We really just want to make sure that Seiya is ready and ready to play as many games as he possibly can once he comes back. So that was really our, our driving force behind not saying, hey, he's going to be ready on April 7th or April 1st or April 15th. You know, I think for us, it's just making sure that when he's ready to go, it's for the rest of the season and we don't have to worry about this again. So that's our focus. That's his focus. And, uh, you know, we fully expect him to have a great year with us. Well, you've got options, though. You have other guys out there. One of them is Christopher Morrell. Very curious the pros and cons in your mind of having Christopher Morrell with the Cubs, uh, being a super utility guy, playing a lot of different roles, or going down to Iowa and maybe doing some things at the minor league level. Same kind of a, a assessment as Hayden Wisniewski because Christopher Morrell last year, depending on your perspective, I mean, he came through. He had some special qualities. He had a breakthrough season. Now what does he do with that, and how can you build off of it? Yeah, I mean, he had a heck of a year last year, you know, a really productive player, helped us win a bunch of baseball games. You know, we forget he started in double-A and got called up from double-A. So he, I don't even know that he's had any, if not, you know, just a handful of the bats uh, in triple-A over the course of his career. But at the same time, he's already shown us he can help us win in the major leagues. And so, you know, to the extent that that's our best roster, he's going to be on it. To the extent that, you know, there's an opportunity for him to, to be a little bit more consistent in his at-bats, you know, we'll consider that as well. But, you know, it's going to be hard not to put him on a roster just with the talent that he has and his ability to play in multiple positions, like you said. But, you know, we have some options, and those things tend to play themselves out over the next couple of weeks. Carter, when it comes to contract extensions for someone like Ian Happ or for Nico Horner, um, does that have to be done before the start of the season? Is that something you want to avoid doing before the start of the season? Where – is that conversation at, and is it one that uh, that is premature to talk about? Yeah, you know, as Jed has talked about, we're, we're not going to talk about the specifics of those, but I can say that you know, there's no rule that says you know, contract extensions have to be done by 
a particular date. Um, you know, typically teams like to get them done before the season just to to make sure that there's not that added distraction in, in spring training. It's because of just the extra time and you know it's it not counting uh, makes it a little bit easier for some of those conversations. But you know, we've talked you know at length about. Ian and guys like Nico and others that are, are definitely guys we want to be here for a long time if we can make it work. And, you know, those are conversations that are ongoing. You know, Carter, one of the great things about the Marquis Sports Network is you see all the games, but then you see a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong and the clock ticks a little bit louder. And you're like, okay, I'm look, <laughs> when's he going to be in Wrigley Field? When's he going to be in Chicago? He's had a very interesting spring to date. I know he's not polished. I know he is very young. How would you describe the progress he's made already in a short period of time in the big league camp? Yeah, I mean, he's a playmaker. You know, we've seen it already in, in major league games here, you know, just the ability to run the bases, ability to track it down in the outfield, ability to swing the bat really well. You know, I told Pete a couple weeks ago, I was like, Pete, you're not really good at stopping things, you know, stopping swinging at pitches, stopping running after a ball, stopping running the bases hard. And we would never want to stop you from being from that being that type of player. But what he does need to do is just focus his going, you know, focus when he swings, focus the decisions that he's making on the base paths, focus – you know, when he goes after a ball and when he lets up. And I think those are the types of decisions of the minor leagues and, and just reps are going to be really good for Pete. And, you know, we fully expect that he's a guy that can help us, you know, win in the major league level. And we just want to make sure that when that happens, that, you know, he's here to stay and, and you know, he's uh, as fully developed as we possibly can have him be. And, you know, he'll start the year in double A and, you know, we'll see where it takes us. But he's got some work to do. He's got a ways to go, but, but he sure is exciting. You know, we've we've mentioned a couple of the young starters. How do you how do you balance the idea that that a, you know not winning a spot in the rotation nonetheless keeps a guy in the bullpen, or do you prefer sending guys down and keeping them stretched in case something comes up? I mean, how you know you got all these options and it's pretty exciting, but how do you figure out exactly how to work that? Yeah, it's a giant puzzle, you know, and I think, you know, in a vacuum, if you took players' emotions and feelings and bodies out of the picture, you would say just have those guys go back and forth from the bullpen to starting and just jerk them around a little bit. <laughs> you know, obviously, we don't we don't get to work in a vacuum, and having guys have an understanding of what they're expected to do is, is really helpful for them to be able to just execute at their, at their ability. Um, we saw it with Keegan last year. He was able to make that transition a couple of times from the bullpen to the rotation and back. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that you know, that's the exception and not the not the rule. Um, and so it's a giant puzzle that we'll have to figure out in terms of, you know, hey, do we have the, the length that we need in case we need a starter? Do we have the best guys to help us get 27 outs in a given game? And you, know, you put all those things together, you figure out the constraints that you have just from contractual issues or roster issues in terms of just guys being at different places in their career. And you put it together with a 13-man pitching pitching roster, and then that'll change literally every single day or almost every single day, and we'll make the decisions over and over again. So definitely keeps our phones ringing and keeps us up at night, but uh, it's a part of the fun part of the job too. Talking with Cubs General Manager Carter Hawkins and Cubs Spring Training on the score, sponsored by Sloan, the official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. Okay, Carter, you get Michael Fulmer here on a one-year prove-it deal. What's his role? Is he going to close games, do you envision? He told us on uh, inside the clubhouse he's not ruling out being a starter. I don't know if that's in the cards this season, but um, this looks like a veteran a good addition to your bullpen. Yeah, our, our initial thought with Michael is he's going to get really important outs for us if those happen to be in the ninth inning or the eighth inning. Um, you know, That's when those will be. If they happen to be in the seventh, that's when those will be. 
as the course of the year, you know, plays out and and guys get solidified more in roles, I think you could very well see him in a, in a closer role along, along with some other guys, you know, that'll be in our bullpen. But our expectation is that he's going to get important outs first at the end of the game, and that's what we're focused on and pretty excited about having him on board. Anybody who's been around this team or watched the performance knows Wilson Contreras, the highly emotional guy, and he left town and he's kind of bummed that the Cubs didn't want him in his opinion. Uh, I, you know, Tucker Barnhart's already caught a no hitter, so I don't know if he's uh, if you've recovered completely. <laughs> but uh, what was your take on what Willie had to say, and uh, and what do you what do, what do Gomes and Barnhart bring that that Wilson did not? Yeah, I mean, so Willie, you know, obviously I only had one year of overlap with him, but you know, nothing but good things, you know, in terms of our experiences with him or my personal experiences with him, you know, the energy he brought. You know how hard he played. I don't know that I've seen somebody be able to play through injury um, better than him, or you know, just in terms of guys that the pain tolerance was pretty high. You know, he hurt his ankle. You know, he'd just be banged up and still go into the game. So, you know, I think he he brought it for us, and we really appreciated that, and you know, think really highly of him. But having a guy like Jan, you know, that really understands our pitchers and understands uh, you know our game planning process, and then. Being able to put that in with Tucker, you know, kind of in the same place. I think I saw an article this morning about Tucker really embracing that, you know, sports psychologist type role as a catcher and really trying to understand how to make the pitchers be the best possible pitchers they can be. It's almost their sole focus and and hitting being secondary. I think that's I know that's something that our, our staff is really excited about and I um, certainly feel like we got two guys back there that are going to help us win a lot of games. Carter, we know Pause Chicago is important to you. There's a Medical Center volunteer open house on Sunday, March 19th at the Medical Center on 26th Street in Chicago. Why is Pause Chicago so important to you? Yeah, that's that's really driven by my wife, Lindsay. She's uh, an animal lover and, you know, basically a, a lover of all things that, that don't really get a, a shot, you know, in the way that, um, you know, a lot of us humans do. And, and so she wants to, to basically – be a voice for them. And, and, you know, we have uh, two cats that, that we love and have been great to our children. And, you know, Lindsay had dogs growing up. Um, we don't have them now, given that we have three kids that are under three. Um, and I just couldn't have one more thing wow. to our house to clean up. Um, but um, nonetheless, you know, Paul's does great work in terms of, you know, helping animals in need. And uh, we're certainly excited to support them. So sleep kind of a rumor is what you're telling us. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really happen. It doesn't. I'm not sure I'll get it anyways with this job, so it's all, it's all kind of a sunk cost. <laughs> That's fantastic. Three kids uh, at that age. You know, my daughter just turned uh, is turning 21, and she was in from spring break, and we watched the video of the three kids when they were that age. I got to tell you, I don't know how we ever got through that. It's just like it's constant <laughs> action. It's just like – at one point, they're all just jumping up and down, and I look like I need to be hospitalized at that point. Good God, I, my heart goes. Yeah, but you're here. You're talking to me now. Yeah. You know, you can make it. Like yeah. it gives me encouragement. So I appreciate <laughs> it. You know, we're we're going to get through it. I'll we're never recover, it. but yeah, you get through it. That's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations to you. That's so your poor oh, wife. Thanks. God bless her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Thank you so much, Carter. We appreciate your time. Great catching up with you. And uh, and all the best. We can't wait for the season to get going. Thanks, Carter. Thanks, Alex. That is Carter Hawkins. Oh my God, we were watching these videos over the weekend. Holy mother! Of time God. flies. Well, time flies, but I mean, I had almost forgotten just how traumatic that is when you've got 
multiple kids. Like You had repressed yeah. all those good memories? Oh, no. I Listen, <laughs> I, I mean, they are happy memories. And, like, watching it was, you know, holy cow, look at this. Like, my wife was unbelievable, still is, but... You know, she's raising four kids, including me. It's just a disaster. That's a lot. So Carter Hawkins has his hands full. I tell you, now, the now game worried. now makes sense <laughs> yeah, for me. Right. No, I'm just saying, you know, holy, when you get a, a bunch of kids running around. I, I'm glad. I like the pitch clock now just for guys like that who have, like, three young kids uh, and, and have re- to get home. A reminder, the pitch clock, all that stuff is designed to make the game better. The added bonus is that it's, you know, Two hours and the games move minutes. quicker. Yes. They, they definitely That's move quicker. Bonus. There's a lot more action. Yes. You're, there's less time between at bats and pitches, and I think it's reflected by the overall time, sure, but I think it's also going to make more uh, games more watchable and more lively. And let's face it, too. When's the last time? I know it's our job, but March 6th, people are talking about baseball. Yeah. Baseball no, is a lot more in the conversation in terms of sports agreed. landscape. It's just be, and largely because of the pitch clock. Yeah, I think it's a huge plus. I really do. I think just the games that I've been able to watch are good. It's, it's really a much more exciting brand of baseball. Speaking of being on the clock, we got some football stuff we need to wrap up uh, next uh, segment because there's some moves being made and some conversations being had. And the Bears are on the clock. Yes, It's Smully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What are you laughing at? Just my stupid pun that went right over your head. Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading this story while you were speaking. That's okay. I knew what we were talking <laughs> I know, about. I know. Can you repeat it? And I'll I laugh. just said Derek Carr is going to drive this discussion. Oh, I'm it sorry. It doesn't really bear repeating. It. It's bad enough the first time. <laughs> Candid moment. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 in the score. Um, Derek Carr is available. There's still some decisions that will come by tomorrow afternoon about various quarterbacks. We talked about uh, uh, Daniel Jones. We talked about Lamar Jackson. Sure, those are franchise tag related uh, decisions. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo just turned 30. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr, though, according to Mike Garoppolo and also Adam Schefter, is finalizing, closing in on a deal with the Saints. So Derek Carr will be driving down Bourbon Street and joining the Saints. Why does that matter in Chicago? Well, it does because Derek float. It may also affect the New York Jets and what the Packers do with their quarterback situation if Aaron Rodgers goes there. But more directly, or maybe indirectly, the Panthers at nine in the draft were in the market for possibly Derek Carr. 
now without going to a veteran, uh, going the veteran route with Carr, they're going to be more fixated, you would think, one might suspect, moving up in the, to be high enough to draft the quarterback that they want, maybe one of the four available in the first round. You don't know. But if the Bears want to get the maximum value yep. for that number one overall pick, you would think that going down to nine, jumping from nine to one, you'd yes. have to pay the highest price. Yes. So and that's why it's important. You know, I think there's the quarterback market is fascinating to watch. I'm very curious. Did you hear uh, Adam Schefter, your guy, say, my guy too, say that uh, that he now believes that Aaron Rodgers, it's either Jets or retirement. He doesn't think there's any chance he goes back to Green Bay. Pretty right strong. Now. That's very strong. That was a pretty strong statement and report because yep. it underscores the people how how much the people he's he's talking to in Green Bay are tired of the Aaron Rodgers Act, very and, much so, and they don't want to be pawns anymore in this this chess game that he's playing, and while everyone else is playing checkers in his mind. So I think that yeah, that stood out, and that could be something I'm sure that we will uh, hear about it exhaustingly over the next uh, week or so until the new league year starts. So that's the quarterback market developing. Molly, another interesting. X-Bear factor move. The Rams, we already mentioned Allen Robinson. They're yeah. moving on from him. They're A -Rob shocking him. A-Rob wants out. Shocking. Um, Leonard Floyd might be the next X-Bear with the Rams player to be cut loose. They're trying to explore trade possibilities, but the 30-year-old who's had at least nine sacks for the, each of the last three seasons, on the move, going to be maybe discarded and out there for someone to maybe take a chance. And you could see him landing on a playoff caliber team, perhaps, being a missing piece. I don't envision that as a possibility in Chicago. Dustin would welcome him home. He would. With open arms. Yeah. Or with a clenched fist. Yeah. Now, he, he Dustin famously said anybody but, and then they drafted him. And yeah. He, and he took it personally. Yeah, he did. He thought that they were just yeah. doing that to spite him. Yes. Yes. And, look, Leonard Floyd did not live up to expectations in Chicago. No. He had a pretty good 2018 when the rest of that defense was very good. Turned out to be a guy that had a big part on that defense that won a Super Bowl. So he's always got that as far as, you know, he, a successful career. But now uh, everything is about the finances. The Rams, at some point in time, you knew were going to have to pay for accumulating all these veterans with all those high, high salaries. So Leonard Floyd on the move, soon to be ex-Ram, ex-Bear. We'll find out where he lands next. The, the, the next possibility, I'm really intrigued by what you think. Speaking of ex-Bears, Adam Schefter, again, over the weekend, reports that Robbie Gold will test free agency. Right. He, he's not going to return. Well, he could end up back with the San Francisco 49ers, but it will be only after he goes on the open market and sees what's out there, what interested teams, Robbie Gold on the, on the wrong side of 40, and yet still very consistent, very oh. good. Has he ever missed a – Playoff kick? I don't believe he has. I don't believe he has. Um, yeah. I, are you saying Robbie Gould back to Chicago? I'm wondering if that is a feasible option. I would explore well, it. If I'm, I'm, if I'm Ryan Poles, I could, I could uh, definitely see the value in calling Robbie Gold and his representatives to see if he'd be interested in a homecoming to finish his career. Cairo Santos had a terrible, comparatively terrible year, right? Yes, yes mean, he did. He was a guy that had been as sure a thing as you'd want, and then he wasn't anymore. And I don't know 
if there was any injury regarding anything. I, they would have more information on that than I would. But we did talk about the idea of, you know, would he need replacement at the end of the season? Oh, during I know. the year. I remember. So especially for a I was not that thrilled with yeah, a point challenge yeah. team. So I you know, I know that's like an under the radar thing. You know, I got a lot of time for Robbie. Uh, I think that would be wild if he came back here. You've got $98 million dollars under the cap. Yeah. I, do, do you think he'd be open to it? Oh, I think he would be. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Even though the Bears might not be any good. I think he liked it here. I think he still has a home here, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And I think he's well-loved here. I think a lot of people have a the lot of The market definitely uh, appreciates Robbie Gold. He's got a lot to say, and he might be able to position himself for a post-football career very well if he were to return to Chicago. And the big news out of the draft, if you're thinking about the combine, well, a star was born. Anthony Richardson produced a, what was it, a 40-and-a-half vertical jump. It's the best vertical jump in 20 years from a quarterback. He had uh, the best long jump from a quarterback uh, in in the combine history. So I think you, you start adding up some of those impressive physical attributes and – you know, there's never been a question about his how great an athlete he is. And frankly, he probably exceeded very high expectations in that area. The question is about whether or not he will be accurate when he has he does his passing. And it it's going to be fascinating to see if he is a very accurate passer, if he does have that kind of a workout, then it's gonna be you know, he's gonna well, fly up the board. However, C.J. Stroud, as I, I mentioned today, you know, I talked to someone yesterday morning who was saying that that he's the buzz of the combine because he did throw, and that's a guy who can who completed seventy percent of his passes uh, when he was playing at Ohio State. I believe seventy percent of his passes for eight thousand one hundred and twenty three yards, eighty five touchdowns, twelve picks. Now, you can talk about their schedule and all the rest of it. He finished as runner-up for the Heisman two years running and uh, was the offensive player of the year in the Big Ten two years running. He put on a show, and he was phenomenal. And I think when you when you see a guy throw like that at the Combine, obviously that's his skill, and he was putting it on display and uh, he's flying up the board. Well, that's more impressive to me than Anthony Richardson running a 4-4 and broad jumping or vertical jumping or yes. whatever. He's a great athlete, but that's got to translate at the next level, and I just don't know that the body of work in college is complete enough or big enough for me to think that, okay, I'm going to risk that a high number one draft pick on Anthony Richardson after one season as a starter at Florida. Well, it was not more than one season, correct? And yet, after his combine showing, these aren't NFL executives that are making these bets. These aren't uh, or influencing these odds. But he skyrocketed up to now, outside of Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson on, on most sports books is now the second most likely player to be chosen number one overall, which to me is a huge reach. Yeah, that's a big that's So, C.J. Stroud. Again, me, if he throws well, then well, maybe that's but, right. But, but again, what are you Stroud, basing that on? Stroud is definitely one of two. He's either going one or two. He's either going to be the first overall pick or he's going to be the second because Bryce Young is still in the running for the, both those spots. Uh, unless somebody falls in love with this idea that Anthony yeah. Richardson is going to be 
to them what Zach Wilson was to the Jets, a player they didn't want to pass on, so they didn't. And he was taken, he was overdrafted. Anthony Richardson could be overdrafted. C.J. Stroud did as much for himself as he could have yeah. at the NFL Combine. I, Bryce Young, maybe not so much because you can't help your stature. You're not going to get any taller at this stage of your life, right? So he's 5'10 and a half or whatever he was measured. He's over 200 pounds. Still, the slight frame is going to scare some people. But I don't think he'll go any lower than number two. Um, he's still the likely number one overall selection. I think that makes the most sense. I could see C.J. Stroud going second. And then then the Cardinals. The Cardinals, there's some, some rumblings about them moving down for teams fixated on the quarterback position. So Bryce Young officially measured five foot ten and one eighth inch and two hundred and four pounds. And that would make him the slightest quarterback taken um in at least twenty years if he is the number one pick, uh the slightest first round draft pick. It what's what's interesting to me is having talked to I talked to this guy on Sunday who told me that half the people that he talks to, that he shared notes with Half of them said C.J. Stroud's performance moved him to number one, and half of them were still staying with Bryce Young. But everybody's looking at what Anthony Richardson eventually does throwing the football. But apparently Stroud was so good and was so impressive with his accuracy and his arm strength and everything else that there's a there's a, he, a lot of people who think he should be the first player. He's also got the tape to back it up. Well, that and he played his best game in his last game. Th- that to me is what is is the most yeah. impressive thing. And I know what you're saying yep. is just with the way scouts think and the way they talk. But right. what can Anthony Richardson conceivably do at a pro day where he's got controlled conditions, throwing the ball to familiar receivers that is going to sway your opinion any more than seeing the way that he handled Georgia's defense or Tennessee's defense or Alabama or any SEC opponent. To me, the tape is what is going to guide you and should persuade you heavier, more more impactfully than any pro day workout or any combine well, throwing I, exercise. I, I think what would happen would be people would say, look at the athletic ability and he's so raw as a passer. If he shows enough – we could bring him in, we could Mahomes him for a year, and then he would be unleashed with, you know, the ability to you combine that vertical with uh, that long jump. I mean, the man could literally just raise himself up and go five Fair feet enough. in the air. <laughs> Levitate. Levitate yeah. and float forward. That'd be quite a play. He would not need the tush push. No. He, no imagine he him would, on fourth and one. All these guys would be – Pounding each other like crazy, and he would. This is the news play with Anthony Richardson. He gets a running start. Yes, from the from like you know the fifty. He he long jumps to the twenty. He does the standing. He does the running long jump, and all of a sudden he gains (laughs) ten. First down, boom. Nobody has to worry about that. Oh God. All right, you know what? It's Enough crazy. football talk. Yes. We have country music to sell. Let's do it right now. Quick, let me get my phone up. Be the sixth caller. Sixth caller to the scores contest line three one two. 540-0670, 540-0670, and you can win this pair of tickets. And you're not going to want to miss this. I'm going to be there. You should, too. Dirks Bentley, special guest Jordan Davis. Love that song. Love that song. Next thing you know, check it out. YouTube it. Dirks Bentley, Jordan Davis, Tyler Braden, Saturday, July 8th, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets at LiveNation.com. Be the sixth caller to the scores contest line. It's Mully and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.